Uh, he gave me that nice introduction, so that was nice. Um, so in uh, Sunday Night Youth Group in high school, we're going through the One Another series. So in the first week, Aaron talked about loving one another, and then last week, uh, Blake talked about forgiving one another, and tonight I'll talk about encouraging one another. And we'll be in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, so if you guys can flip there. Ten, nineteen through twenty-five. No, wait till I stop hearing pages flipping. <laughs> Ten, nineteen through twenty-five. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'll pray before we start. (sighs) Dear God, I thank you for tonight, and that you have brought everyone uh, to this room um, here. And I thank you for... Um, just the fun and the laughter that we have experienced through games and just through talking with one another. And I just pray that um, as I preach tonight that you can just calm my heart and my mind um, and that um, your words can be spoken clearly and um, that everyone in this room um, can learn more about what it um, is to encourage one another in you and that their hearts can be changed through this sermon. Thank you again for tonight. We love you. In your name, amen. So, um, about five-ish years ago, um, my brother Josh and I um, were really bored on a summer day. And so, what do you do? We sit down to watch TV, um, and the only possible thing that was on was Dora the Explorer. So, <laughs> um, so uh, we begin watching it, and um, we're just laughing at the just the silliness of it, and we don't usually watch it, and yeah, and so, um, but, (laughs) um, but we were particularly laughing at, uh, the fact that every time that Dora and her friends would do something, a song would come out, and little, like, snail trumpets would come, I don't know if you guys remember that, um, and usually it was the song where it was like, we did it, we did it, we did it, yeah, um, and so, yeah, we were just laughing at, like, how unusual that is um, and how that doesn't happen in real life. Um, and so then <laughs> um, when, I was the, when I was, like, going over um, for this sermon, thought of the story and um, was just thinking about how uh, that encouragement for them in, through song um, was what helped them go further in whatever they were trying to do or wherever they were trying to go. Um, but that encouragement or those songs didn't hold much weight for them in their life. Um, And so uh, the encouragement that we can give and have as Christians 
um, is uh, or can give us confidence to move closer towards Christ, which points us to the fact that we must encourage one another to live into the confidence that we have in Jesus. Uh, but before we dive into this section, um, we need to look at the context of uh, the whole book of Hebrews so we can better understand our passage. Um, so the entire book of Hebrews um, emphasizes and focus on, focuses on um, a lot of Jesus being our ultimate and final sacrifice um, and how he has forgiven all of our sins, uh, past, present, and future. Um, and even the section before, what we're talking about, mine's titled, Christ's Sacrifice Once for All, um, which kind of encompasses what Hebrews is about. Uh, in the beginning of Hebrews, uh, in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And so I think that that really like, um, summarizes what um, the majority of Hebrews is about and uh, focuses on how Jesus is um, equal with God and sits at the right hand of him. Um, so now we'll look at uh, verses 19 through 21, and they kind of set the stage for the rest of the passage that we'll go into. And these verses talk about uh, the confidence that we have in Jesus because he has shed his flesh and his blood for us and has forgiven our sins. And because of that, we can come near to him. So verse 19 starts by saying, therefore, which points back to the previous section, in which the previous section is talking about Christ's sacrifice once for all, how Jesus has been our final sacrifice. And because of that, we have been forgiven our sins, and therefore we can have confidence to enter the holy places. Um, And so verse 19 uh, says we have confidence to enter the holy places. And your version uh, or translation might say the most holy place. Um, And this is referring to, in the Old Testament, um, the only the high priest was allowed to enter the like inner sanctuary where God dwelled, and he would have to um, sprinkle blood on the ark in order to atone for sin. Um, but this verse is talking about how we don't have to do that anymore. A priest doesn't have to come and atone for our sin and represent us anymore, but because Jesus has come and he has been the mediator between us and God. He has broken down that wall, and he has been our final sacrifice, and he has shed his blood, and that is final. It is finished. We sang that today. Um, And how because of that, we have the confidence to be in God's presence. And the high priest doesn't have to do that for us anymore. We can be uh, in God's presence and be with him at any time. The blood of Jesus is how it was made possible for us to be with God. Uh, he is the only way we can do this. And everything points back to the gospel and how Jesus' death on the cross and his crucifixion and resurrection is the new and living way, which verse 20 talks about, that we have the ability to draw near and have confidence in our faith. Uh, because of the gospel, we can have assurance to draw near and have hope and encourage others towards love and good deeds. And now we'll look at three ways we can encourage one another to live into the confidence that we have in Christ. And so we'll start with uh, verse 22. And that says, 
Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So this is saying that we need to encourage, uh, or we need to draw near to God and encourage others to do the same. Uh, Our assurance of our faith in Christ, which verses 19 through 21 talked about what that assurance is, that confidence and assurance causes us to draw near to God. And because of this assurance, we don't have to be afraid of God because he is full of grace and forgiveness, which Blake talked about last week. Um, And because of that, he isn't mad at us, and we can be confident in the fact that he has saved us if we do believe in him. So to illustrate this, if we we think of being at an airport, um, there are really two kinds of people. And the first is those people who have bought their plane tickets, and they know for a fact that they are going to get on this plane to where they need to go. And those are the people who are sitting down in the terminal area. Terminal? That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, and they might be reading a book or a newspaper or talking with friends. Um, they might be sleeping. They're relaxed, and they know that they're going to get to where they need to go. Uh, and then there are the people that are on standby. And those people have not bought their tickets. They don't know if they're going to be able to get a ticket for the flight, that they, for the place that they need to go. And those are the people who are stressed out, pacing back and forth. They're worried. Um, Blake's laughing. Um, and so if we think about the difference between these two people, the difference is their confidence levels. So with full assurance, the people with confirmed tickets that are already bought know that they are going to make it to where they need to go. And with full assurance, in the same way, we can draw near to God, knowing that he will draw us near to himself when we seek after him. So we don't have to approach God timidly or sheepishly because he loves us and runs after us time and time again. Um, And he loves us no matter what bad things we say or do or think. Uh, He is always with us, and he is drawing us nearer to himself. And therefore, we can be assured of our faith in him. And also in this verse, what's interesting is that the author associates faith with being clean. says that we need to draw near uh, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil, or some of your translations say guilty conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So in a way, we are already completely clean because Jesus has wiped away all of our sins and he remembers them no more. But we need to continue to strive towards cleanliness and holiness and righteousness in Christ. And we also need to encourage others to draw near and to grow closer towards God and to strive towards holiness and cleanliness and righteousness and to remain pure in heart, Um, just like this verse says. And a way you can do this is by keeping each other accountable, um, setting up accountability accountability partners with others. And that might look like you asking someone to um, text you every morning to see if you have read your Bible and spent uh, time with God. Um, or maybe you struggle with cussing and you ask your friends to uh, punch you every time they hear a bad word come out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> at Aaron. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, and this is just having accountability partners is a good way to help others strive towards cleanliness and to remain pure. Uh, so in all this verse shows us how we can draw near to God in full assurance and with clean hearts. So to move on to verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And we need to hold fast and encourage others to hold fast to this hope that we have as Christians. Our assurance of faith, that verse 22 says, leads us to look forward to our hope. And hope is the thing that drives us forward and keeps us moving on. We can have hope because he who promised is faithful. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 goes on, with the, goes on with this idea, and it says, May the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. We can have hope because God is faithful and continues to show his faithfulness. This verse also mentions uh, the confession of our hope, or a confession of hope. And I was interested by this phrase when I was studying this passage. Um, And so I think that um, a commentary that I was reading um, about uh, this verse uh, explains this confession of hope really well. And so it says, The content of this confession is the expectation that Christ will fulfill all the promises he has made, and that all those who profess the name of Christ possess these promises. So because God remains faithful to us time and time again in our entire life, we can have hope in that promise for the future. Uh, In a book called Pilgrim's Progress, it's one of my favorite books. I don't know if any of you have read it. I see some nods. Um, It's basically a huge story of analogies, and so the main character is named Christian, and he comes along um, different characters, uh, and some of those characters are named Faithful, Deceitful, Evangelist, and other, basically everything in the book is straightforward names like that. Um, So in the book, he leaves what's called the main highway and follows the path, Uh, but there's one character in the book called Hopeful. And he comes along with Christian in his journey and is with him. But then they end up in a place called Doubting Castle, and they are captured by a giant called Despair. Um, (laughs) And they're kept in Giant Despair's dungeon. And so um, the giant keeps telling Christian that it's no use on keeping on with his journey, and he keeps advising him to kill himself. And so Christian is just um, utterly hopeless and discouraged, and he doesn't think that there's any use in keeping on with his life or his journey. But Hopeful is with him, and he reminds Christian of his past victories in his journey and points him back to those to encourage him. And then Hopeful urges Christian to pray. So they pray from midnight on that night until the morning. And the book goes on to say this. Now a little before dawn, good Christian, as one half amazed, broke out in passionate speech. What a fool am I thus to lie in a stinking dungeon when I may as well walk free. I have a key in my pocket next to my heart called promise that will, I am sure, 
open any lock in Doubting Castle. Then Hopeful said, That's good news. Good brother, pluck it from your pocket and try it. And the prison gates flew open with ease. And I like that story because it shows us how we can look back on our life and see those times when God has been faithful and the times that he has delivered us from everything that we have gone through and how clinging to hope moves us forward in our life. And we also need to encourage others to cling to this hope that we have as believers. In those difficult times and the hard times that we go through, we can be reminded that God is faithful and he promises that. And he will over and over, time and time again, through everything you go through, be faithful and keep his promises to you. And this is something that I've been learning a lot lately, um, how I can look back at my entire life, all 20 years. Um, (laughs) And I just see how in those difficult times, in the moment, it seems like there's no way to get out of it. And then you do. And then God brings you through that and he delivers me through it. And so I can look back at all those times that God has been faithful and taking me through all those times. So this is something that um, I've just been learning recently, and um, it's really good to just cling to God's promise that he is faithful no matter what. And so when others share with us about um, their hard times and difficulties that they're going through, we can encourage them to remember this hope that they have. And that looking back, they can see how God has been faithful through their entire life and how that will continue in the future. That it doesn't stop. He doesn't stop being faithful. He will continue. And now uh, we'll look at verses 24 and 25. This is kind of like the meat of this passage. So, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We must consider how we can encourage one another towards love and good works. And this consideration and care that the author of Hebrews is talking about is more than just um, consideration from a distance. It requires a relationship and a friendship with people, Um, And it can also be seen as paying attention to others' needs and watching over their needs and deeply caring about that. So obviously, we're all here at youth group tonight. So we're all here physically. Uh, But the question is, are we here relationally? And how many times do we come to youth group and you hardly think about someone else in this room? Or you never ask them how they're doing. And I think that we can also all relate to those times when we've been in groups of people and it seems that all they can do is find the flaws or the faults in other people and just be negative um, in that way. But we don't want to do that and we don't want to be those kinds of people because what does it say here? It says to encourage one another. And I think it's easy for us to look at even other Christians and point out the different things and sins that we think they need to work on. And maybe you think you're doing this out of love, but it says here to encourage one another instead. 
And I'm not saying that you want to only surround yourself with people that um, are only encouraging or only affirming to you, um, because it is important to have those relationships and friendships and close people that are willing to point out um, sins and the things that you're struggling with, because that is out of out of love. But I think we need to focus on how we can encourage one another towards love and good deeds and to help guide others into the confidence that they can have in Jesus. So if you guys can picture this, if I had a bowl of marbles and then I had a bowl of grapes, and if I come over to this bowl of marbles, and if I try and mix them together and, you know, punch out them a little bit and, you know, mix them together, um, they will maybe, like, scratch each other or um, they're around one another, but they're not really affecting one another. But then if I come over to this bowl of grapes, red grapes because those are the best. Um, that's true. And if I start trying to mash them and punch them, <laughs> um, what's going to happen? The, they're gonna, the juice is going to go all together. They're going to be mashed all together. They're kind of going to become one all together. And so we don't want to be marbles, but we want to be grapes. <laughs> we want to be mashed and stirred together as believers and stir one another towards love and good deeds. And our good deeds and works need to point others to Jesus. So, what do you need to do with all of this? Uh, I've thrown a lot of information at you on this passage, but what does it mean for you? I think that through this passage, we can clearly see the importance of having and being in a Christian community and being in a relationship with one another and engaging with one another. And this requires intentional time with one another, and that means not just on Sunday nights, not just on Sunday mornings at church. It's outside of that, being in a relationship with one another, caring for one another, being involved in others' lives. And we need to encourage others to remain true to God and remain and be true to faith, verse 22, hope, verse 23, and love, verse 24. And I think that every person is unique, and God has given them different gifts and talents and skills um, that they can use uh, for him. And so when we look at someone, we want to see them how God looks at them. And I think this can help us when we are thinking about encouraging one another. So, like when I see Bella, I see her gift of including others and making them feel welcome. And so I can encourage her in that. And she can use those gifts to glorify God. So when we look at our friends, those around us, people in this room, other people as well, we can see the individual gifts and skills and talents that God has gifted them with, and we can encourage them in that to use those gifts to point others to Jesus. And when others are uh, in trials and hard times and difficult times in their life, 
I think that encouragement can also be seen as comforting one another. Uh, And it was interesting. um, I looked at the Greek root word for encouraging one another. And in scripture, it's also used uh, as comforting or comforting one another. So when people are in hard times, we can... You, we can encourage them by comforting them and reminding them of the hope that they have and the peace that they have, that no matter what happens, it is well with their soul. And I also firmly believe that God's word encourages us. And Psalm 19 emphasizes this, and it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And that God's word is sweeter than honey. And even the bookmark for uh, this passage that I have is uh, a Bible verse that my mom had left me after I was stressed and worried about preaching on this passage. And so when she left this outside of my door to wake up to in the morning, I smiled. And whenever she does this, I smile and I'm encouraged. And this is uh, from Psalm 63. But we can see how God's word encourages us to continue on. And we can encourage others from these words that God has provided us with. And God's word encourages us because the Holy Spirit uses it to strengthen us. And we can learn more about God through this. And learn more about Jesus and how he lives. So we can live by that as well. So what I'm saying is, read your Bibles, people. Um, I can't say that enough. It is the ultimate encouragement because the Spirit works through that and is our ultimate encourager. And we can use these words uh, to encourage others and remind them of the assurance that their faith gives them. So when we consider all of these things about how to encourage others, we need to be reminded of how we must encourage one another to live into the confidence that they have in Jesus. And like I said before, the Holy Spirit is our ultimate comforter and encourager. And so we can draw near to him and use his words and his uh, guidance to encourage others. And the Heidelberg Catechism explains our assurance of faith, uh, I think, really well. And so it says, this is the definition that it has of true faith. True faith is not only knowledge and conviction that everything God reveals in his word is true. It is also a deep-rooted assurance created in me by the Holy Spirit through the gospel that, out of sheer grace earned for us by Christ, not only others, but I too have had my sins forgiven, have been made forever right with God, and have been granted salvation. And we can draw near to God with a thankful heart because of that truth. And as believers, we need to encourage one another so that they can also go out and encourage one another to draw near in full assurance of faith, hold fast to hope, and stir one another up towards love and good deeds. I'll pray, then the worship band can come up. Dear God, I thank you uh, again for tonight, and I just pray that through Hebrews 10 that uh, everyone here has um, just heard uh, what you want them to 
uh, learn through this passage. And I pray that we can go out and we can be people of encouragement um, and truth and that we can uh, hold fast to the hope that we have. And I thank you so much that you are a faithful God and you will always keep your promises and you will never fail and you will never let us down. I just thank you for that. We love you so much, God, and I pray that um, you can just strengthen us to uh, encourage one another as we go through this week. In your name, amen.